Fire Nation in the house, a JLD here, and welcome to episode 1663 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Create your dream life one step at a time, Fire Nation, with my book, How to Finally Win. Check it out at howtofinallywin.com. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Kevin Cottrell. Kevin, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. Yes. Kevin's a longtime serial entrepreneur, originally from Silicon Valley and a veteran of more than nine startups. Passionate about all things health and wellness, he was a thought leader and co-founder of the original Paleo FX in 2012 and co-host of Fitfluential Radio. Kevin, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. My personal life has two phases. You hit on a lot of it. In other words, I grew up in Silicon Valley. So I was the kid that uh, whose father was a CPA and he did taxation for entrepreneurs and startup people. So I thought that was the norm, right? They were in there. I helped do tax returns. So it was really in my you know teenage years. And then when I went to college, it was there was no question that I was going to be involved in Silicon Valley and startups. So even very young, when I got out of Northwestern, it was I'm going to go do startups. And I did some related to real estate because that was something the family had a lot of ties in. But then very quickly, I went through a process where I was part of the leadership team and the founding team on a number of them. And you actually hit it. It's I did nine of them. And so what I learned pretty quickly is it really is all about your team. And what you're doing, and there's going to be hiccups. In other words, you can't just presume like you see from a lot of people that you can have this false hope that everything's going to succeed, right? We've got this fantastic idea, product widget. We got this perfect market. It's untapped and everything's going to go perfect. And so I pretty quickly figured out that I was going to have to do a number of these and learn from each successive cycle. And before I got to the point where I was a huge contributor. So you've done nine startups. You've had a lot of experience in a lot of different things. You've developed a lot of areas of expertise, Kevin. But today here in 2017, what would you define as your current area of expertise? Break that down for us. Sure. I, I basically serve on, you know, not only in Fitfluential's world with the podcast and otherwise and some of the stuff we're doing there, but uh, my management consulting practice focuses on working with entrepreneurs and or boards to help them in the area of, you know, corporate governance and business development. In other words, I have a really, really experienced background in helping people understand what's realistic because, as you know, business development and growth drives success for businesses. And so because I've been involved in so much of that in my career and in those nine startups, that was my area of focus. Now, I was the guy where, where executives or board members would go, yeah, we've got an impossible goal. We want to take this company public in less than six months. We don't think it can be done, but we, we know that if it can be done, you need to assemble the team and go make this happen. And because of my background, in something that will seem a little bit sort of like a sidebar, uh, rescue work, I was very good at not being overly stressed about things. Mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, like I learned when I did rescue work, and this is one of my big ahas about business versus my background in that where I was doing, you know, I was a rescue swimmer and I did rescue work is you're not always going to have a perfect outcome. But if you're smart about what you do and you triage, you can get there. So in other words, somebody says, I want to go public. I want to do it in six months. Many, many entrepreneurs, especially with a board member or a new CEO comes in, start to flip out. I was that calm guy where from a business development standpoint, I was able to go, okay, I can do this. I can't do that. I can make this happen. These are our high risk activities. These are activities we can't do. And started to develop a practice where 
I became the go-to guy because even if there were hiccups and failures, they realized that I wasn't going to lose it over that. Because so many entrepreneurs that I've run across, if things start to get chaotic, they just start to flip out. They're like, this shouldn't be doing this. I have the perfect idea widget market and I don't understand. And so I'm with my management consulting practice, the guy that's super calm. I can ask good questions. I can suggest to them what they might expect. Not that I have a crystal ball, but what and start asking them questions. Well, what if this happens? What if this particular situation, how are you going to say no to the legions of people and things that start to drag you in a thousand different directions? And that's not unlike a rescue situation, right? You get into a mass casualty incident. You know, there's 15 cars that got into a crash and there's three of us there. I learned very quickly as a 18 year old rescue swimmer, I can't save them all. I've got to start making some decisions and not worry about the outcome, and I'm going to do my best efforts. And and that's what I discovered became a great skill as an entrepreneur is i got to stop worrying about things. I'm going to get the best outcome possible, and if I'm flipping out, my team's going to start flipping out. It was the same thing on the battlefield, and I noticed that you know when the bullets were flying in Iraq, it was that officer that was kind of running around with his head cut off and just kind of screaming and yelling and not making much sense, losing his cool. I mean, he was the person that was not only a danger to himself, but he was a danger to the soldiers beneath him. And you know, the the officers that I admire were the ones that, no matter what was happening, they were calm, they were cool, they were collective, they were making the right decisions, they were knowing that you know a good decision now is what is needed. You know, not to freak out and to be paralyzed and to just not make sure and not to be sure like which direction to go is potentially very, very dangerous. So definitely see that on both angles and fire nation for you. Like how can you take these stories that you're hearing right now and apply it to your life so that when you, you know, maybe get that letter from the IRS about some taxes that you owe that you didn't think you did, or you get, you know, this website DDS attack and all these things. And typically you would freak out there. How can you take a step back, take a deep breath and say, okay, this happens. Now, how can I best react? react to it going forward in a calm, cool, collective manner. And Kevin, you've had some crazy experiences throughout your life. What would you say is your worst entrepreneurial moment in all of those experiences? Take us there. Tell us that story. So what was interesting about this, and you, you think about getting great problem-solving skills, uh, I, this is back in the early 90s, and you'll love this story because I was working as part of the uh, leadership team for the company that invented the at symbol in the email address. Oh, really? this, is, this is early internet days, right? And so this was the area, the era where my business development team and I were selling to the, you know, professor and his wife who founded a router company called Cisco, InfoSeek, uh, Jerry Yang at Yahoo. And so we ran across a company called GeoCities and it was before colocation and servers became a big thing. And we at the company ended up with the data center at Stanford University, right? We bought the network from them and we were taking the NSF network and turned it into a commercial network. So uh, me and my team met with the CEO and the venture folks from a company called GeoCities. They bought 70 racks of service, right? So this is this was in the 90s unheard of, right? They were going to be launching their new service. And we had plenty of time, right? We had like two months to get this stuff all done. And the headquarters for the company was in Cambridge, right? So you've got a clash between Silicon Valley culture and then Cambridge, Boston culture. Right. They, I remember the CEO when this contract came in called me. He's like, I don't understand who in the world would need 70 racks of servers. We don't even use that at headquarters. And we've been here for seven years and we're the, you know, we're the dominant network in the entire Northeast United States. 
So this is where I started to get a little bit of concern, right? They just didn't understand it. And so GeoCities was getting ready to uh, launch their service. They had a huge PR thing in New York. And so we, you know, ticked down to about seven days out. It all looks like it's pretty good. And then 48 hours beforehand, I started to get concerned. You start getting these warning signals. Uh, I get, I'm escalating things within the leadership team. And this was going to be our marquee client for the hosting business. And so when you look at it from an entrepreneur standpoint, I'm the business development executive side of things. I'm not a tech guy, right? I don't know what to do with these racks of servers. And then the implementation team, like a lot of people, especially for your audience that deal with telecommunications or internet, you you talked about denial of service and some other things and how it flips people out because you're helpless, right? You're like, I don't know how to fix this if it goes bad. Well, things started to go bad and people started to hedge, right? They didn't know what to do with 70 racks of servers. The servers were all delivered. They were all installed. But getting the fiber and the network and everything to work and having it tested and everything balanced was, to me, very clear that it's kind of like in my rescue scenario. I've got way too many things going on here, and there's a high likelihood that we've got a, a unsustainable situation. Somebody's going to die here. And so 24 hours in, uh, I got an alert from one of my friends who was on the tech team. He said, they're not going to have this thing up. You're, you need to start hedging with your client. And so what I did instead of this, you know, and, and rather than losing sleep, I was really stressed about it. But rather than losing sleep is I went into uh, essentially crisis team mode. I assembled four or five tech people. I assembled sort of my sub team within the team. Right. And asked them for options. I'm like, how do we fix this? How do we work around the existing culture in the business so I don't have to call the CEO who's flying to New York City to launch with the press and the interactive community? a service and tell them you're not going to be up. Your entire business that's venture funded is going to probably falter if not fail and we're going to get sued. And what was interesting is when I painted my vision for what I wanted to happen, they were very, very clear about it. So in other words, we went from a situation where my initial reaction was, I don't know how to fix this to a situation where we sat down. And what ended up happening is we employed in the company uh, a guy that was released out of a federal program for hackers And because the company had some ties to the defense industry, they were allowed to have him work for the company as a contractor off-site. In other words, he had very restricted things he could do. But this was sort of that savant type of guy. And he turned out to be, because we were meeting off-site, an absolute expert in this stuff. He said, even if I have to do this myself, Kevin, because you've done so much for me, I can get this thing up. And what ended up happening is at 3 o'clock in the morning, the morning of their launch at GeoCities, there was a team of five people in there working on it, dealing with problems. And I got this interesting call that morning from the CEO of the company. He's like, I don't know what the F you did, but I want to congratulate you for being a problem solver. I want to congratulate you for doing what it takes and for not just fighting with us about this. I want to actually have a debrief on this and have the team learn about doing quick reaction Problem resolution, because I think our culture in the company is wrong. And our first answer is, so sorry, customer, we're going to just let you fail. And whatever you did, I want to understand because we need to put that in place if we're going to have more customers like this. Kevin, looking at that and what you accomplished in very difficult circumstances, what would you say is the biggest lesson you took away from that? Like that you want to make sure that our listeners, Fire Nation, get? When, when you're faced with a daunting challenge, you need to look at and triage, if you will. And you've heard me use that word a couple times. What does the solution look like? You got to be really clear on what the potential outcome or paint a couple outcomes. And then in almost every case, and this is where I think entrepreneurs sometimes get in trouble, whether it's internal or external, 
you need to assemble your resources and get some input, look at options, parse them, and realize that you may have to do some mid-course corrections like we did. In other words, when we were sitting there at 3 o'clock in the morning, we weren't implementing exactly what we laid out as our best plan. So if, if you're thinking that you're just going to make decisions and tell people to do things as the sort of founder or entrepreneur, you probably don't have the right team. So the aha is you're going to have to say no to a lot of things. But when you look at options, you need to have the right mentors and or input. And this is part of your team, both internally and externally. So Kevin, I want to shift to another story. This one's going to be one of your greatest ideas you've had today. And again, going back to the fact that you know, you've been a part of nine startups. I mean, there's been a lot of great ideas uh, over those nine, I'm sure. But what's one that's a really cool story that you think our listeners, entrepreneurs, small business owners will really get and take us there, tell us that story? One of the things I realized in, you know, it, it, it overlaps certainly in the entrepreneurial community, but in all business communities is there's a misunderstanding about being your own health advocate. In other words, we treat medicine and health and wellness like it's a black box. I go to the doctor, I go get health, I buy supplements, and it should just all magically work. And what I've discovered in the entrepreneurial community, and I certainly had an issue with this, which I can expand on in a minute, uh, it's not a perfect world, right? You're going to, like we talked about before, you're going to have problems, you're going to have to do course corrections. Where entrepreneurs, especially because of the intensity that's typically present with an entrepreneur, they get into trouble. One of the things I get the most questions on now, and this is why I think it was one of the biggest accomplishments in launching our podcast, is... There's not a great resource from somebody who's not trying to directly sell something. In other words, people start to falter, right? You know, one of our business clients in the management consulting business, the last months of calls have been about issues he's had with vertigo, his esophagus and other things, because here's the issue. He can't work. He can't drive the intensity in his entrepreneurial business and his startup because he couldn't even swallow. He couldn't stand up. He was bedridden. And that's more typical than not. That's an extreme case of it. And so my biggest aha and my biggest lesson was when we launched this, I had no idea how much attention we're going to get from this because nobody's talking about that, especially as it overlaps into the entrepreneur world of you should not be running down the path of everything's going to be perfect. And when it's not, I'm just going to run to a doctor. You need to be proactive about your health. And I know for you, this is important for you, John, that you, you do a lot of proactive steps. And I find that people fall into two different camps. So the reason we did this is this is for the people that aren't ready yet. And they just want to listen and learn. And maybe they run across it or something. Maybe share something because there's an episode where we talk about something that's very common that they struggle with on health and wellness. And then for others, when they get into crisis and they get frustrated, right? Because you go to the doctor and all they want to do is write you a script. And they don't give you an action plan because in the entrepreneurial world, we like action plans. We like to know that there's an outcome that we can try and control. And I have been completely blown away with how receptive people are because nobody's talking to, especially entrepreneurs about this, which is if you keep doing this and not sleeping and not eating right and driving yourself hard, you're going to be one of those 30 or 40 somethings that starts to have health issues and you're going to be ineffective from a business standpoint. So I've been absolutely blown away with it. And, you know, the story I want to tell just real quickly was this became an issue for me in about 2006 where I was that hard charging guy. I'm working out five, six days a week. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm working huge hours, not getting enough sleep. And I have a mole taken off my neck and I find out I have melanoma. And so I now have to go through cancer treatment. And what I realized was it was very disconcerting the fact that I had relied on the fact that I'm always going to be healthy. And then when I realized that 
if I'm not my own health advocate, if I'm not taking the same approach I do on the business side of things, I'm really running the risk that worst case, I'm out of the game permanently. And that's for a lot of people when they have family and children and stuff like that, that's a no go. They don't want to ever consider that. Or I'm ineffective and I can't be part of my team and I get replaced, especially if I'm in a world where I've got outside funding from a venture world. And as soon as they see that you're broken, you're going to get replaced. And so I think the proactivity and the receptivity that I'm seeing from entrepreneurs is they want to get ahead of the curve now, right? They, in their peer group or in their community, they've seen people falter with this. And so I didn't anticipate it being as receptive a topic in the entrepreneur world. But what I'm finding is people are watching, especially with the way social media is, and they're seeing these anecdotal stories, right? The 30-something-year-old hard-charging guy that goes to sleep and doesn't wake up or somebody that gets something crazy like I described in our client who's 42 years old and he's got vertigo and he got sent home for a month and can't stand up. And that kind of stuff really scares entrepreneurs because they realize that if they go out of the equation, number one, it's game over and they potentially lose. But it's also disconcerting because it, take, it, it is disempowering. Fire Nation, proactive is the word that I'm definitely committed to personally. And I think it's something that we all need to be thinking about because one thing that I love that Gary Vaynerchuk says is we need we need to be putting ourselves out of business every single day, meaning we need to think of ways that our business is going to get taken over by competitors, is going to lose market share, you know, fill in the blank. One of those fill in the blanks is uh, your health slacks off like you stop having the energy that you currently have you get sick you get you know some kind of you know really bad disease that takes you out of the game so think about all those things and if you think about that you start getting proactive and you realize hey if i can be proactive and do a b and c every single day so that i know that i'm taking that part out of the equation yeah other things might happen like you know the dds attacks or this or that that i can't control as much but one thing that we do have a lot of control over is our health if we focus on putting the right foods in our body, exercise on that daily basis, get the right amount of sleep, do the right thing, you know, listen to great content that Kevin puts out on Fitfluential and other great places like that. That's how you're going to get ahead of that specific curve. Now, you think we've been hearing value bombs so far, Fire Nation? The value bombs aren't stopping and they're coming at you in the lightning round after we thank our sponsors. There are a lot of moving pieces to creating an online business, and one of the most important is your website. But while launching your website is a big and exciting milestone, it can be an overwhelming project without the right tools in place. Lucky for you, HostGator has all the tools you need to build and host your website all in one place. In addition to having hundreds of templates for you to choose from, they also offer a drag-and-drop website builder and mobile-friendly templates that make it easy to create a great-looking website fast. Plus, they offer 24-7 live expert support, so there's always someone to help you when you need a hand. The best part, HostGator offers a 45-day money-back guarantee, so if you decide it's not the right platform for you, no problem. With HostGator, having a website is easy and affordable. Take your website from dream to reality. Visit HostGator.com slash fire for 60% off today. That's HostGator.com slash fire. A few of the many amazing perks that come along with running your own business are things like financial freedom, being your own boss, and having more control of your time. But where on earth do you even start when it comes to building and running a successful business? Well, when you open a UPS store franchise, all of the amazing perks I just mentioned can be yours plus more. The UPS store has over 35 years of franchising experience and was just ranked the number four top franchise to own by Entrepreneur Magazine's 2017 franchise 
Franchise 500 list. The UPS Store offers stability, the support and reputation of a world-renowned brand, and a proven business model with all the training and marketing support you need to make your entrepreneurial dream come true. Plus, there's financing for those who qualify and special programs for military veterans. The time to promote yourself to business owner is now. Visit the UPS Store franchising.com slash fire to get started today. That's the UPS Store franchising.com slash fire. Kevin, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? Absolutely. Bring it. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Came out of college. I came out of Northwestern. Even though I was in Silicon Valley, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I sort of didn't have all the pieces together. In other words, I wanted to do it. And so what I did initially is I, I kind of aligned myself with other people that were already doing it so that I lowered my risk level. In other words, it wasn't the same culture back in 1992 or three where it is now in terms of everybody's doing startups. People are doing startups in their room. And certainly we have the sort of the luminaries uh, in that area, the apples and the others. And those were sort of the exceptions in Hewitt Packard, for example. So what held me back was not so much a lack of confidence as a lack of modeling. In other words, because the culture in the world, especially in Silicon Valley, if you go back that far, was it was an exception, not the norm, to have people starting things. It was almost like, go find somebody to work with. And I just did that initially. And then what I realized was, I need to have my own team. I need to do my own thing. What's the best advice you've ever received? You know, one of the best advices I received was from one of my board members. And he told me, and this is where we got into the conversation where my aha, as I shared earlier about rescue work and triage was there. And what Steve told me was, you're going to get pulled in a thousand directions. You're going to have people that have their own agenda, especially when you look at board members, venture capitalists, uh, internal team members, and your ability to navigate that both politically, diplomatically, from a culture standpoint, not compromising yourself or what you envision for the company, you're going to have to say no to lots and lots of things and figure out how to do that without just ruffling feathers. Because he said one of the things that he sees that destroys a company and a startup faster than anything else is if you're one of the entrepreneurs or the entrepreneur, right? You're part of the leadership team or the founder is that transition point or that inflection point where they can't say no to things without pissing everybody off. So what he shared with me is a, an ability to say no to lots of things and make people feel good about it, make it feel like they've been listened to, but have them understand the why. And then this is what's his big advice. He goes, if you tell them no, but they're felt like they've been heard and you understand why that wasn't the perfect solution, you're not going to necessarily have everybody be happy about it, but they're at least going to feel like it wasn't just a founder basically bulldozing over everybody. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Well, this is a little bit related to what I just mentioned where you're saying no to a lot of things is I've never worked with, not even from day one when I got out of college, to-do lists. In other words, I have probably a bigger list when I'm getting super busy and super pushed in the entrepreneur world of what not to do, to remind myself, this is the list of things that are not a priority that I can't focus on. And I have my short focus on the most important things to do. In other words, I have things that I absolutely need to get done, but it's not a to-do list. So I got very, very good at the habit of saying no to lots of things and having a very well-defined list that I kept adding to of things that I say no to, things I should not be doing. And I think we lose track of this. In other words, if you look at people and in my management consulting businesses, we spend a lot of time on this. Okay, what happened this week? What happened the, on that day that you described as absolutely unbearable? 
And you find that they start talking about things that should be on the not to do list. And I've got a skill about this and it has to do with that triage where I'm okay putting them over there. It's kind of like the screaming person from the car crash. They can scream as loud as they want. If I don't need to save them or can't save them because I'm making triage decisions, it's okay. I'm comfortable with that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that. So that's a skill that I spend a lot of time on in the management consulting business, but it's also something that I've developed thick skin around where I'm very fair with people. I don't do things where they don't understand the why, but I can do that very, very effectively. And it makes me effective. Can you share an internet resource with Fire Nation? Absolutely. You know, one of the things in the entrepreneur world uh, is I see a lot of resources that sort of are either veiled commercial things and things that you can go in there and, you know, they may have rules and things like that where, you know, they say they don't want cross promotion or promotion of other things. And, you know, Alex Sharfin has the entrepreneur personality type group on Facebook. And it's really a space where what I, you know, I feel like I can and I see other entrepreneurs uh, do is it's high value. It's transparent. There's absolutely no tolerance for any kind of promotion, you know, live videos that are veiled uh, promotion of things. And what I find is it's a resource where not only information is shared on the business world and things that are of value directly for entrepreneurs, but it also overlaps into stuff that we've been talking about. And, you know, as, pa- as one of my passions is Alex through his journey. And if, if anybody's listened to his interview or wants to go listen to his interview, he had his own health issues. And so part of it in there is it also overlaps and the transparency is people can share their vulnerabilities, including health issues, and the group will help, including Alex. And so it's one of my go-to places that when I want a sounding board, uh, I will go into that group on Facebook. Now, I'm going to change this last question just a little bit because I'm real curious. If you could recommend one like health, fitness, nutrition book, what would it be and why? This is one where, uh, you know, it's, it, it's an interesting, uh, question because if you looked at my library, uh, you know, it's one of the ones where there might be 50 books there. <laughs> so I, I can tell you that when I read Mark Sisson's book, you know, the primal, primal blueprint, it probably made a bigger impact on me, even though it's a little bit of an older book. Because Mark does a great job, and what you heard me say earlier of explaining the why. In other words, a lot of books are just like, I'm the author, just do this, right? Eat this way, exercise this way, do this. And in the form of a parable, along with some information, Mark Sisson does an excellent job in the Primal Blueprint of explaining why. In other words, the things that people see, like why things work or don't work, why you're starving, why you're not sleeping right, he explains why it's happening, first, uh, how we're wired and how we work. And I learned, and this is one of my sort of transition points when I was coming out of that cancer, to actually function as a unit, as my body, and not just be inputs, right? It's not an input of nutrition, an input of exercise, because I understood why I was doing what I was doing. Kevin, I want to end today on fire with you giving us one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, uh, we have Fifluential Radio, which you can get uh, from fifluential.com. Uh, I am at Kevin Cottrell on Twitter and Instagram. And I really appreciate the time today, John. Yeah. And what's that parting piece of guidance? You know, the parting piece of guidance would be part of what you you asked me about on the aha, which is as an entrepreneur, you're going to get pulled in a thousand directions. The better you can do what I talk about in terms of triaging and getting yourself divided between what absolutely has to done be done in your prioritization versus getting caught up in the chaos. In other words, there's a million things that could blow up and get you distracted. The more you get sucked into those distractions, the more you're at risk that it's going to grind you up. 
up. You may get health issues. It may grind you up and keep your enterprise or your startup off track. So the focus on the few things that are absolutely important without breaking your health would be my best advice for you. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with KC and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. Just type Kevin in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore, and of course, check out Fit Fluential Radio. Great show. Check it out. Kevin, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for having me on. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Kevin today. And goals equal success. And with thefreedomjournal.com, you will be accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. I'll catch you there, or I'll catch you on the flip side. Feeling overwhelmed when it comes to launching your website? HostGator can help. With their drag and drop website builder and 24-7 live support, they make it easy to get your site up and running fast. Visit HostGator.com slash fire for 60% off today. That's HostGator.com slash fire.